worry? That is the big question that we're starting with today. If you do not know me, my name is Louis, and I'm one of the pastors at Prodeo. I do not always do announcements and singing and preaching, except when everyone suddenly gets ill and I have to step in. So, but it's my privilege this morning to welcome you all to our new series called Why Worry? And I want to jump in with a quick question, okay? There's no, this is not a trick question, it's very plain and simple. Who of you sitting in this auditorium, and if you're watching online, you can just give us a thumbs up if you can agree with this question, but who of you have some worries in their life right at this moment? I think if you say you have no worries, you're either lying or you are just in a super blessed moment in time. But most of us, especially since about a year ago when COVID started, have experienced some significant worries. That could be about a loss of your job. It could be about a loss of income. It could be about your house, about your children, about your safety, about your health. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but the reality is that it feels like these days, especially for the last year, like worry, anxiety, being stressed out has just been a constant of life. But now let me ask you a second question, okay? And if you can say yes to this question, you can raise your hand. If you're online and you can say yes, you can also just give us a thumbs up there. Otherwise, you're going to do nothing. But my second question is, who of you feel like worrying has improved your situation? I've got like two hands that's saying, yes, worrying actually helped me. I'm like, worrying did not help me. I actually feel like when I worry, it gets worse. I get stomach aches. My heart starts beating, starts pounding in my chest. And then I start adding on to it. We call it catastrophizing, right? So initially you were worried that in, you might get COVID. The next moment you're like, I'm worried because not only can I get COVID, but I'm probably going to be on a ventilator. And then you're like, and now I'm worried because I might be brain dead after that. And now I'm worried about my children. And I don't know if they will survive without me. And it's like, whoa, whoa, you're still fine. Nothing happened. But I'm sweating. I've got an ulcer. Because what if all of this happens? But nothing actually changed. And here is the problem with worrying. It is not something that came with COVID. It is not something that came with the 21st century or with the industrial revolution. Worrying has been a part of our human existence almost right from the beginning when Adam and Eve decided to go against God's plan for their lives. Worrying is not new. It's an issue that's been with us for a long time. And therefore, we want to look today at a scripture where Jesus jumps right into the topic more than 2,000 years ago. It's like, what was there to worry about? There was actually a lot, maybe even more than we worry about today, more things to worry about. But 2,000 years ago, when Jesus gave one of the biggest sermons he ever preached, guess what he talked about? One of the topics he covered is worrying. Two of you got it, thank you. So our topic today, the first topic in the series, Why Worry?, Gavin, you will have to do that slide for me. I'm not logged into my, um, into my clicker yet. The first part, our first topic in the series is the worry issue. And what we want to do today is we want to see what is the issue with worry and what issues does it cause in our life. 
So is there actually an issue with worry? And I kind of, we already spoke about it, right? It's not like worrying does nothing to our bodies. Stress, they say, is the number one killer in the 21st century. Stress is worrying. It's equal to worrying. So we know it's bad for us, but we all, we're going to look at it today. We're going to jump into that and just see where it leads us. So if you've got your Bible with you, you can open to Matthew 6. It will also be on the screen for you. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be reading in Matthew 6, the whole piece that Jesus preached about worrying. And then I'm going to tag on to what Jesus said. And for three weeks, we'll be busy with this. And we will add like a couple of verses every week. But um, let's start reading at verse 25. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, this is how he jumps into the topic of worrying. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add an, a single hour to your life? Guys, this is what we're going to read today. And this is so powerful because I think in the first, what is that, three verses, Jesus not only tells us what the problem is with worrying, but also what problems it causes in our life. But I think there's three reasons that Jesus shows us why we worry three things we get wrong that leads to worrying. And if you're like, Louis, there's no escaping this. I think there is, not completely, but to a large extent, to the unhealthy way of worrying, I think there is a bit of an escape, and we're going to see where Jesus leads us today. But first, we need to know what causes worrying in our life. And no, it's not just COVID. It's not just your financial situation. Things are always beyond our control. But what causes them? The first thing we read about in verse 25, Jesus says this, don't worry about what you'll eat or drink or wear. Okay, now that sounds weird to you maybe. Maybe you get exactly where they're coming from. But this was in a time when people mostly lived from hand to mouth. So I did my job today. I got a coin for that, and that coin paid for my food that I would eat tonight. So if I didn't work today, I wouldn't eat tonight. Or if at least I had something saved up and I could eat tonight and maybe tomorrow, I would definitely not eat the day after that. A hand-to-mouth society. So when I say, don't worry about what you're going to eat, you're like, I'm not worried about that. I've got a fridge full of food. They didn't have fridges. They lived from hand-to-mouth. But even though they live from hand-to-mouth and we don't, some of you might have experienced that. During COVID, we were like, I don't know if we're going to have food on the table. But it's not just about food. It goes further than this. And worrying, what this reveals to us is that we have a superficial view of life, a surface-level view of life. Jesus says it very clearly. He says, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear, because it's life not more than food. He's like, why are you only obsessed about the surface level things? But let's be honest, my life can be really good. But if my pizza is bad, life sucks, right? No, it doesn't, but we, we are grumpy and we're like, oh, this pizza is bad and I'm going to write a negative review and I'm upset about it. 
Life can be really good, but when you get up and you want to come to church and none of your pants fit anymore because you had too much Easter eggs, life sucks because you can't get into your pants. No, it doesn't. Life is still good. But Jesus reveals something about the condition of our human heart. We are all about sustenance, about the things we need to survive, our food, our drink, our finances, and we are all about our standard of living. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, Jesus says. But we are so worried about these things that people will see the right labels on my shoes or on my pants or on my shirt. I'm so worried about, about what I'm going to eat. And Jesus is like, listen, there is a bigger picture that you're missing. And Jesus is not saying that what you eat or what you wear is not important. Because when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, what is included in that prayer? The, our Father in heaven. And then he praises God. And then he gets to this point. Give us today our daily bread. So it's important, right? But Jesus' bread is not something you worry about. It's just something you pray about and you trust God for it. But the problem is Jesus is inviting us to see the bigger picture to move from the superficial, superficial level to a deeper level because we get so stuck in the surface level things, in the pizza that's gone wrong, in my pants that doesn't fit, in the car that hit me. We get stuck in the wrong things and it steals something from our life. Jesus invites us to see the bigger picture when you hit pause on a remote control on a movie and you see an image. If you could hit pause at right the perfect moment, the image would be pixelated because there's a certain amount of images in one frame. And that frame would not be perfect. If you miss something there, if they blur over each other, you would see that. That doesn't mean the movie is bad. It means that you got stuck on a superficial surface level thing where you hit the pause button, but the rest of the movie is still good. And Jesus is like, see the bigger picture. Is your life not worth more? Isn't there more to you than just what you wear or what you eat? The things that you're worrying about, it might seem significant. And in the moment when you don't have food on the table, it is significant and it is significant to God. He cares about it. But it's like life is still more than your issues. Life is more than COVID. Life is more than Zoom meetings. Life is more than your work. There's so much more. And when you get trapped in all these little things that you feel went wrong, worrying, this is the issue with worry, worrying will steal the beauty and the joy out of life. You have so much to be joyful for. If you're like, no, Louis, I don't. Come and speak to me. There are people with serious issues in our church. We've got a girl of 11 years old that's in hospital at the moment because she has extreme chemo for a leukemia. And she got really sick this week. And I can assure you, she called me, the mom called me the day they took her to hospital. And she's, you know what? God is good because he woke me up at six o'clock and I don't wake up that early. And he told me, go and have a look at my daughter. And the bed was full of blood. I'm like, how's God good in that, right? It doesn't feel that way. She's like, you know what he taught me? That God is not finished with my daughter yet. But we get so stuck in the superficial things. 
And it steals the joy, the, the moment of joy that she saw in God not being finished with her child yet. It steals that joy. The beauty of life, when I look out my window and I see the beautiful mountains of Cape Town and I'm worried about all the crime and I'm worried about all the negative things in our country, I miss that beauty because worrying steals that away from me. Corrie ten Boom, she was a Dutch author that saved a whole bunch of people in the Holocaust. She said these words. She said, worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. Tomorrow's sorrows will come. A child will get sick. You might lose your job. That's true. But when we're worried about tomorrow, it doesn't change anything about that. But the moment we're living in now, where we can live with strength and where we can live in beauty and where we can live in joy, it robs that, it steals that away from us. You see, even Proverbs said that the book of wisdom in the Bible, we read in Proverbs, 20, in Proverbs 12 verse 25, that worrying weighs a person down. Worrying is a weight that pushes you into the ground. You can't get up, you can't enjoy life, you can't be happy because it pushes you down. But then it says this, an encouraging word cheers a person up. Just one small thing can cheer you up. And Jesus is like, there's actually a whole lot about your life that can cheer you up. But you need to stop worrying about the superficial things and you need to see that life is more than that. Life is so much more. Look at the bigger picture. If you're like, Louis, how do I get out of this issue? Try to see the bigger picture. And if you're like, I've tried, but I cannot because it just keeps getting me down. What did Proverbs say? What can change the situation? An encouraging word. You surround yourself with people that don't keep pushing you down as well. You surround yourself with people that will give you an encouraging word, that will tell you that everything in your life is not falling apart. Everything is not bad. There's still things to be thankful for. There's still things to be joyful about. And when we have those people in our life, they help us to refocus on the bigger picture, and that changes it. But Jesus continues talking to people about worries, and he talks about the second issue. So the first issue is we have a superficial view of life, but the second issue is that worrying reveals our need to be in control. Guys, I'm a bit of a control freak. I like to have steps in place for everything. But even if you don't have OCD and you're not a perfectionist, we all like to be in control. It's part of our human nature. Because God created us so that He can be in control. And we were like, no, no, we want to be in control. That's part of our sinful nature. And Jesus is like, guess what? Verse 27. Can you add a single hour to your life? What's the answer? No, I can't. You're like, but I eat out, then I gym, so I'm sure I've added some minutes to my life. Just like, no, you don't. You can walk out of here and a car can eat you. You don't know when your last day on earth will come. You don't know when Jesus will return to it. You are not in control of your life. You're not in control of your timeline. It's like you can't add an hour to your life. You can try to control every little detail of your life and at the end of the day, you are still not in control. That's what COVID taught us, right? We thought we were in control, and it's like, boop, no, you're not. 
small little virus, we can't see it, everything is out of control. We're not in control. Jesus does it like, that's why you're worrying, because you want to control things that you have no control over. Worry or not, your situation will still be there. The only thing that worry, worrying does is it didn't give you control, but it took, it stole some of your time. Years ago, there was a movie, Van Wilder, I think I was still in school, and they said a line on the movie that was so significant, and I actually googled this quote, and there's like 6,000 people that's, that's name is attached to that quote, so I have no idea who originally said this quote, but hear what they say, this is so cool. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. You're like, look at me, I'm riding and I'm going nowhere. There's no wheels on this chair. You can even hold a plate in your hand. You can be like, I'm driving in my rocking chair, but you're still at the same spot in your house. It gives us something to do, but we're not in control. We can't add a minute, we can't add a second to our life. And the problem with worrying, the issue with worrying is that all that worrying robs you of your time. The moments that God intended for you to live in joy, the moments that He intended for you to see the beauty of life, the moments that He intended you to live in strength, it robs those moments from you because it steals your time. Let's be honest, when we're worrying, are we productive? No, we're not. That has been proved so many times. Stress makes us less productive, long-term stress. We struggle because I'm worrying. I go to bed. I don't sleep because I'm replaying the stuff I want to be in control of in my head over and over. And it robs me of my sleeping time, my good, healthy eight hours of sleep. I get up. I go to work. I want to get started, but I'm so worried about stuff that I can't seem to get my head in the game. So I go on Facebook. I scroll a little bit because I hope that's going to help me. And I see all the negative stuff people are posting. So now I'm worrying about that. So now I'm like, my day is done. It robs us of our time. So what do we do? Okay, because this is the trick with the second one. We can't completely get rid of worries. If you look at verse 25, Jesus says that we need to stop worrying. But in the Greek, the tense changes in verse 31. We didn't read that today. But in verse 31, the tense changes, and then Jesus says, don't start worrying. So at this moment of time, he is acknowledging that there will be worries in our life. We can't completely get away from it. Worrying is part of who we are. So what do I do when I'm worrying and when it's robbing me of my time? Set yourself a timer and give yourself a time to worry. Okay, this seems crazy. I heard it on two podcasts of guys that do coaching for, um, for CEOs of big companies. And they said, COVID, the reality is it fills, us, fills people with worrying. So people were like, I can't get my work done because I'm worrying because it robs us of our time. So this is what two different people said, and I thought this is significant. If it steals your time, give it a little bit of time and then make it into it. So this is what they said. Take 30 minutes on a Tuesday or whatever. Decide a time, decide a day, and you set a watch. And then in those 30 minutes, you can go crazy. You can cry. You can worry. You can quickly develop an ulcer. An ulcer it can heal up again. You can be all upset about everything in life you're not in control of. And then when that alarm says, you're like, 
that's it. I'm done worrying. Life is going on. You see, somehow we need to try and take control of these emotions of ours that can so quickly just run away from us. But you will worry, and you need to stop. So at least have a plan on how to stop. But then the third thing that Jesus talks about is that, one, it reveals, what did we say, our superficial view of life. Two, what does it reveal? It reveals our need to be in control. And three, what does worrying reveal about us? Our lack of trust in God. If you're not a Christian and you're worrying all the time, it's probably because you don't have a God yet that you can trust with your life. If you are a Christian and you're worrying, it is because you haven't put enough trust in Jesus. You see, this is the interesting thing. Whether you've known Jesus your whole life, whether you are a new Christian, or whether you've never met Jesus, the one thing that we all have in common is that we need to trust God a little bit more. Jesus says in verse, 32, in verse 26, look at the birds. Seriously. Look at a sparrow, look at a crow, look at a gigantic blue crane or an ostrich, look at the tiniest little cape glass eye, and what do they all have in common? They do not worry because God takes care of them. So why are you worried? Where do you slot in in this picture of birds? Like where do you think you, you fall in? Okay, in the created order of things. God created birds. God created humans. So let's quickly do a recap, just in case you're like, Louis, I know God takes care of ostrich, but come on, man, I'm not that great. The ostrich is awesome. So maybe God loves the ostrich more than he loves me. Let's see on the Bible scale where you fall on the scale. Luke 12, verse 7, we read that you are worth more than sparrows. Like, okay, it's still not an ostrich, but at least I'm ahead of sparrows, Right? You're with more than sparrows. And then it says this, and this is mind-blowing. God numbered every hair on your head. The average human being, it's different, but the average human being has 100,000 hairs and follicles on the head. So like, okay, I think I can do that. Give me a, a year or two and I can count to 100,000. Here's the trick. Every day, the average person sheds 50 to 100 hairs. Do you call it hairs? I don't even know what the plural is. 50 to 100 strands of hair. Each one of them is replaced again. So God doesn't count to 100,000. He's like, ah, there he goes, 100,001 is back. 100,002 grew back the next day. God numbered every single hair on your head. And if you're bald, he went through a couple of million with you as well because you weren't bald from day one, right? But every hair, can you imagine how significant we must be to the creator of the universe that he cares about this one strand of hair in my head? He cares about that. That blows my mind. Dear likely, I'm still just ahead of sparrows. Psalm 8 verse 5. God created you a little lower than angels. The heavenly beings that we can only dream about, that we read about in the Bible, God is like, you're just below them. You're just below the angels. And then it says this, He crowned you with glory and honor. He gave you a crown of glory and of honor. He didn't just make you and said, like, you be on your own. He's like, 
you are so special to me that I don't just care about the hair on your head. The Bible says that he doesn't just write our name on the palm of his hand, but that he gives us a crown of glory and honor. And then it also says in, in Psalm 8 verse 5, and he placed everything under our feet, sparrows, ostriches, they're under your feet. You are worth more than all of creation. In Jeremiah 1 verse 5, this is what blows my mind completely. It says that God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. You were not an accident. You are not here because they had load shedding 50 years ago or 20 years ago and your parents had nothing better to do. You are here because God knew you. He had a plan for your life. And then he says that before you were born, he set you apart. Guys, if you were like, I know God takes care of the birds, but I just don't know if he takes care about me, if he cares about me. I want to tell you, even if you do not follow Jesus yet, he cares about you more than you can imagine. And he proved it when Jesus hanged on a cross and he died in your place. So why worry? It says the bird doesn't the birds doesn't reap and they don't stow away. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, ah, Lou, what does that mean? Does that mean God cares about me so I don't have to work? I don't have to save. I can just kind of sit back on my couch and I'm like, okay, God, where's the food? Where's the clothes? Send me some Armani glasses or something and some Nike shoes and I'll be good to go and I'm just going to sit back. No, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus never says it's okay to not care. In fact, Jesus says that we need to look at ants and we need to work like them. And he says if we don't work, we won't eat. He says we need to plan ahead. In the Bible, we read that he says we need to calculate the cost if we want to build a tower. The Bible tells us that we need to plan, that we need to think about stuff, that we need to care. But there's a difference between caring about life and worrying about life. Can you see that? And he's like, don't worry. That's the unhealthy part that robs you of joy, that robs you of the beauty of life, that steals your time. So this is not about doing nothing. This is about trusting God. We read that God feeds the birds. And then Jesus, just in case you miss this, he's like, don't you get that you are more valuable than they are? But still we worry. And this is the issue, the third issue with worrying, is that it prevents us from experiencing God's peace. Because like, I want you to have peace, but you're missing it out. Because constantly, the only thing that's occupying your mind is not me, is not trust, is not the beauty of this amazing world I gave you, but it's your worries. How do we experience God's peace? When we're constantly worrying about stuff. We replace the lies we believe with God's truth. We replace the lies we believe with God's truth. I don't know if I'll be okay. I replace it with the truth from God's word that I know God 
will complete the good work he started in me. I don't know if I'm worth anything. I replace that lie with the truth that God has my name written on the palm of his hand. I replace lies with truth, and that is how I start to experience God's peace as I work the lies out of my life. I work God's truth and his peace into my life. Hear what Jesus told his disciples a couple of um, chapters on from this in Matthew 11 verse 28. This is what Jesus says. You have been worrying about everything. You've been robbed of joy. You've been robbed of the beauty of life. You've been robbed of time. You've been robbed of the peace of God because you're worrying. And this is what Jesus wants to tell you in this moment that you feel worried and stressed out and anxious. Jesus says, now come to me. All of you are weary, all of you are burdened, who is stressed out, who is anxious, and I will give you rest. I think that's probably one of the greatest desires of every human being on earth, is rest. Not sleep, rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There will always be uncertainty in life. There will always be things that you will want to control. There will always be things, superficial level things that might be significant, but that wants to freak you out, that wants to fill you with fear and anxiety. And Jesus, but you don't have to carry it. That's the yoke of the world. And if you feel pressed into the ground because of all of this craziness going on around you, you feel like that because you keep putting it on your shoulders. Jesus is like, I will carry it for you. I want you to live light. He says, my burden is light, my yoke is light, my burden is light. He wants us to live light. He wants us to live with peace. He wants us to find rest for our souls. He wants us to exchange our worries and anxieties for rest. So I don't know where you are today when it comes to worrying and anxiousness and stressed outness. Don't know if you get a word like stressed outness. It's a new word that I created. But I don't know where you fall in that with, with that. If you're on a scale from zero to ten, if you're a five or whether you're a ten. But Jesus is like, I don't want you to be a ten. I want you to be a zero. And this is what he's inviting us to do today. He wants us to invite a different, envision, to imagine a different scenario. What would your life look like if you lived as if God provides? What would you look like if you live as if God is in control? Like, yeah, I know he's in control. What would your life look like if you live as if he's in control? I don't know if God cares about me. What would your life look like if you lived as if he cares about you? Because he is in control. Because he does care about you. The problem is that we don't live as if that is the God that we serve. So that's my invitation to you today. Stress and worries and anxiety has stolen enough from you. 
It has stolen enough joy and beauty. It has stolen enough of your time. It has stolen enough of the peace of God in your life. Make a decision today. Surround you with people that will fill your life with joy, that will help you to see the bigger picture, that will point you back to Jesus. Surround yourself with people that follow God. Set the timer and make a decision to give yourself a limited amount of time to worry. And when you finish that timer, you go to God and you pray. And you're like, Jesus, I want to take your yoke on my shoulders today. And you exchange every lie that you concocted in that 30 minutes and you exchange it with God's truth. You don't have to live that way. I don't have to live that way. Jesus came so that we can live life. So why worry? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are more than enough. Thank you that your yoke and your burden is soft and it's light and that in you we can find a life of abundance, a life where we can live with joy, with peace, with rest, with hope, a life where we can see the beauty of this world you gave us. I pray that today that you will open our eyes to your truth. That we will not be so focused on the superficial brokenness of our lives in this world that we will forget the God that loves us and that takes care of us. May we put our trust in you completely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.